Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and it is Saturday, which means Christopher is with me. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. We don't usually record in the dark hours. You don't. It's only 4.48. But it, I mean, it might as well be midnight. I know. It's so crazy. But even 4.48 is late for me to record. But we didn't record over the weekend, so we're, we're getting it done before you skedaddle out of town. That's right. So thank you for for being here. To, hey, you know. To add the masculine energy, the sarcasm, the dry humor. I'm just lucky I also happen to live here. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually lucky. So it's for not that. too much out of my way. That is very true. All right, so I thought we'd do something different today for the giveaway. Oh. 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 Because I mean, it's like holidays. Well, you, you're doing like new things. I should be a little nervous. I I, I feel like I want to do something a little a little bigger, bustier because it's the holidays. Ah, can we pregnancy call boobs. <laughs> I was going to say, can we call a giveaway buxom? <laughs> is that an appropriate use of that word? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. No. Okay. Anyway, so I thought we would do a gift pack of my favorite Amari products. Oh. I'm thinking like Energy Plus, the protein shakes. Which Energy Plus? I mean, well, okay, wait, no, let's seriously talk about this because you accidentally ordered three more boxes. So we do have a surplus. Well, first of all, I have a surplus. Okay. Primal Potential <laughs> does not have a surplus because I don't recall Primal Potential's card fine, fine. being on that order. All right, whatever. All right. <laughs> we'll decide that later. Energy Plus, my favorite protein shakes, maybe multivitamin. I mean, tis the season, y'all. If you aren't, I was talking to somebody the other day who was like, I don't take any supplements. And I'm like, okay, <sighs> there's no light time hours anymore, hardly. You know, we're not in a time of year where everything is fresh and abundant, like, please, please make sure you're getting the nutrients you need. Because if not, you're going to be more tired. You're going to be, anyway, you get the point. That's what we're going to give away today. Wow. Yeah. You're very generous. Like, you know, it's the holidays. With my extra energy plus. I didn't say that. I was just saying that we could do the apple cinnamon, but we'll, I'll figure that out. We will announce the winner at the end of today's show. But guys, we give away good stuff every single week. And there's three ways to enter. Number one, leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Number two, leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. Or number three, post on Facebook or Instagram. Make sure to tag me so that I see it with either an episode that you're listening to or something you've learned from the show. And every single week, we give something away every Saturday. We do. Yeah. So and and you can time. trust us that it's really amazing stuff because we told you so. That, that is true. We did tell you so. All right. Actually, you know what? You know how we gave away those Fatco sticks a couple weeks ago? Yes. I have had so many people reach out saying they ordered it and they're obsessed and they use it for everything. And I'm like, I told you. You know what's really crazy? I haven't heard from those winners. I know. Well, they have 60 days. I know they do. They have 60 I days. So I, it's okay. I, I got one of the but winners. But people who not a weren't the winner winner. went out and bought it. Which and is amazing. Loved it. They're absolutely going to love it. And if you're still curious about those, I got you a 10% off discount code. 
through fatco, F-A-T-C-O.com. Just use the coupon code PRIMAL, all caps, and you'll get 10% off. Okay, questions. Questions. I've let's, got some. Let's do it because let's you know what happens when we finish all these questions? We do more questions or, mm-hmm. or I change the TV in the house. While I cook dinner. So I was thinking dinner. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Go. All right. Question number one. All right. I've always been busy, but not always productive. How can we give ourselves permission to do nothing? So this is really interesting because I wonder kind of if the question is truly how do we give ourselves permission to do nothing or if it's really more about distinguishing between this busy and productive because it sounds like, like I'm just wondering why the lead in with I have always been busy, but not always productive. Are you wanting to not be busy or productive? Is that what you're saying? Or you feel bad that you're not productive, but you're still busy? Because to me, here's, here's, here's why I say that. Giving yourself permission to do nothing really hinges on do you value rest? And what I have learned in business, and it, it was a hard-fought lesson for me, I really kicked and screamed, I was super resistant to it, is that the more space I give myself to just think, like free time, not free time watching television, but like mind idle time, not following somebody else's life on TV or anything like that, but just sitting with a journal, going for a walk without listening to a podcast, that sort of thing. The more time like that I give myself, the more ideas that I come up with that are really, really valuable. And some of the things that I've kind of created from that blank space, I do a... um, a, a monthly like budget kind of check-in where's where's spending my minds on money right now because I was just working on some financial stuff before I came out here. But like I started doing this monthly review of not only just like my checking account, but business-wise, what happened in the last month. I get those reports from my bookkeeper and I talk to my accountant about stuff, but really sitting and going, what's going well, what's not going well. I do a net worth spreadsheet to review what's happening in my investment ca- accounts, what's happening with you know the equity in my home and the rental properties and all of those kinds of things, those kinds of ideas like make my life better ideas came from downtime. And the problem is if we're always filling every second of space, not necessarily as this person said productively, but you know, if I'm, if I'm not cooking dinner, I'm on my phone. If I'm not on my phone, I'm on my laptop. If I'm not on a meeting, I'm watching TV. So many of us live filling every single second of that space. And in terms of the question, how can we give ourselves permission to do nothing? Do you value blank space in your life or do you not? Growing up, my mom would always say, like, there's too much to be done to sit down and do nothing, right? Even if she she loved Lifetime movies, And uh, that's one thing I'm glad I didn't get from her. When she would watch a Lifetime movie, she would be doing paperwork or folding laundry or this, that, and the other thing. And I think she didn't value rest. And I think a lot of people don't value rest. And to to the extreme version of that, a lot of people think rest is bad or something to be ashamed of. Now, can it go too far? Absolutely. If you're spending hours and hours and hours of your week mindlessly checked out following somebody else's life, that's an issue. But take some of that time and have it just be for you to think, for you to journal, for you to reflect on what changes you want to make and what you're going to do about them. But how we give ourselves permission to do nothing is creating a narrative that says, I value 
rest. I value not having every minute of my day filled with some kind of stimulus. And uh, that's been a slow journey for me. But the more space I give myself, the more valuable I learn that it is. So you can start small, but that's what I think it comes from, whether or not you value rest. And that just comes down to the perspective that you have about it. So. Yeah. I mean, also when it's external things, trying to keep you busy, people wanting to get together, learn to say no. Yeah. Boundaries. I saw somebody, there was like this, um, pseudo celebrity, we'll call her like a C or D list celebrity. And I saw her Instagram stories the other day. It was like, you know, holiday season ish stuff. And she had been uh, away on a, a business trip for four days. She's got two kids under two and she's married. And she came back and she was like, oh, I have this call about this video project that I'm doing and I'm so excited. And then like her next story was her crying like, but I really don't want to do it. All I want to do is spend time with my kids. Then say no. You know, like learn. I think you're so right about that. We do have to learn to say no. The obligations from the outside world will always be there. It is on us to establish boundaries. Like I've started telling people who want me to do guest webinars for them for any number of reasons. Like I'm not going to do it at 8 p.m. I'm just not. That's not a good time for me. I don't like that. It's not something I look forward to. I'll do it at other times, but I'm not doing it at or after the 8 p.m. thing or on the weekends. And that lady listens to you, by the way, and now she's going to know you think she's a C or a D starlet. <laughs> she does Celebrity. So <laughs> she, that's great. She, <laughs> you just ruined someone's evening. She doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't and I'm sure her, she knows she's a C or a D listener too. Her, 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 her value <laughs> herself ruined. has gone down. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> because of you. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Continue with the next question. All right. Next one. I have, I have trouble setting goals and sticking with them. What tips do you have? Did you ask this question? Have you? <laughs> Have you tried journaling? <laughs> Somebody messaged me the um, other day and was like, I love when Chris says the answer to everything is journaling. Because that's like <laughs> the one nugget he can remember that I say. Otherwise, it all goes in one ear and out the other. Okay. What? Trouble setting goals and sticking to them. What tips do you have? Set fewer goals. Honestly, start smaller. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard, the, heard about the research study where they took a group of people who didn't floss regularly and they divided them into two groups and one group they did all the traditional like you know associate it with brushing your teeth and set the floss out on the counter so that it's there and put a reminder in your phone and blah 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 so that you floss your teeth with the other group they were like here's your objective every day floss one tooth just one tooth and it's so small that it's kind of ridiculous and laughable like all right. I mean, that doesn't seem like it's going to help very much. But essentially, they lowered the bar of the activation energy. The difference is obviously small between like, okay, it takes what, 45 to 60 seconds to floss all your teeth, but it takes a fraction of one second to floss one. We're still talking about under a minute. But what they found was in the group that they said, all I need you to do every day is floss one tooth. Not only did they do that, but they were much more likely to just floss all their teeth because the lower activation energy, the energy required to get started, made a huge difference. I believe that a lot of people struggle with goals because they have a million of them. If I talk to people, especially, you know, this time of year, New Year's resolutions or whatever, they have resolutions that are all over the map. I want to lose this many pounds. I want to start working out I more regularly. Make more money. I yeah, want <laughs> I want to I want to pay down debt. I want to have date night, you know, 
twice a month or whatever it is. Vacation more. All those things, they all actually go against each other. Well, and, and it's not even so much that I think they go against each other because there is a way. It's just too much to focus on because what we forget is that in addition to the seven goals that you just came up with, you also have your job, which within that has 42,000 goals in a single week. You also have your home to care for, yourself to care for, your family to care for, you know, your social life and all of these kinds of things. So what I, I actually just recorded an episode on this that'll air in January. So don't miss the January stuff. It's going to be really strong and powerful. Um, but I really suggest focusing on not forever, but for now, just to get started to create that momentum and that rhythm, one primary goal. And then ask yourself every day, build this in as a habit, just the way you would, uh, you know, flossing one tooth. What's the one thing I'm going to do for the one thing, right? If your one thing is, I want to start eating better. Well, what is the one thing that you're going to do for that one thing today? Maybe that means you're going to have vegetables at two out of your three meals. Maybe it means that you're going to refrain from processed sugar today. But simplify dramatically, not only in the number of goals that you're starting with, we can always add, we can always build, and the smaller the group of things that we're starting with, the faster we're going to be able to create momentum and make progress. So what is the one thing that I'm going to do about the one thing? And then the, the last thing I'll say about that, because I've done goal setting podcasts that talk for 30, 40, 60 minutes on goal setting. Um when you have a goal, you can't just have it as an intent. Like even with the question, what's the one thing I'm going to do for the one thing? You have to check in with yourself, whether that is once a week, you have something on your calendar to review. Hey, what is it that one thing that I'm working on? How did it go this week? What am I going to do differently? Or you do that once a month. You have to have some kind of check-in and accountability with yourself is totally fine or with somebody else if that helps you more. But you've got to have a kind of check-in process. For example, I have a goal for my net worth. Well, it's not enough to be like, okay, I'm going to invest this money here. and I'm going to move this money there. Every month I need to be saying, what happened? Did it go up? Did it go down? Maybe it went down for something totally out of my control, like the market turned in real estate and my properties went down in value. But we need to be assessing regularly. So that's that. Yeah. Next question. Okay. Can you share your time management practices? I got this one. It's not journaling, but it's writing down your schedule. I am obsessed with putting things on the calendar. And I, I talked about, I talk about this in an upcoming podcast too. I was recording a lot this week. But um, when I first started in business, I knew that there was always 20,000 things to do. And I would wake up in the morning and spend a stupid amount of my energy and probably as much time, but probably more energy. Um, thinking about, should I do this first or should I do this? I really don't want to do this. And this is probably going to take more time. You know, this is going to be easier. And I think a lot of people do that. They know in a given day or in a given week, I need to do this and this and this and this. And then they go back and forth like, should I do this first or that? Or I'm going to start this, but then I didn't finish. And now I have 16,000 unfinished things that need to get done and I feel pressure. So one thing that I do is I put everything on my calendar. The other thing that I do is I'm strategic about what goes on my calendar when. And I've talked about this before and I've got this coming up in a lot more detail in a January episode. But I know that my 
creative, produce content, focus kind of energy is not really there in the afternoon, right? So whether it's writing or it's recording a podcast or it's, um, you know, writing for my VIP email list, I put those things in the morning. Now I say that as we're recording after 5 p.m., but the reason for that is we didn't do it over the weekend and Chris is going out of town tomorrow, so it's got to happen. There are always going to be exceptions, but for the most part, I'm not spending time on email, responding to people on social media between 7 a.m. and 1 p.m. I'm just not, unless all my other things are done, all my other creative things that require more focus. I like to put my meetings in the afternoon because they don't require that creative energy, that producing something energy. And I know that everybody's schedule is different. You might not have creation type tasks on yours, but know when you do certain things best, what drains your energy, what gives your energy and schedule accordingly. But I take time every single week to put things on my calendar. If I think to myself like, oh yeah, I need to make sure that I don't forget to write the VIP email. I don't have to worry about that because I put it on my calendar. If I haven't put it on my calendar and that thought comes into my head, I put it on my calendar. But that is my number one, my number two, my number three, my number four time management hack. And again, I'm going into more detail on that in a January episode of the podcast, not a Q&A. So do not miss the January episodes. What you got next? Next, we got more questions. We got lots more questions. Okay. What are your thoughts on the on the finalized between the fine be- line? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, sure. Let's start that that one over. Okay. I, I like rereading questions. Okay. What are your thoughts on the fine line between being relaxed, i.e., on vacation, and binging? Binging. <laughs> That's an okay way to spell binging. You can do it with an E or without an E. Thanks for just being difficult. Okay, the line between being relaxed on vacation and binging. I personally don't think that this is a fine line, okay? And here's why. Now, I might have argued in the past that it was a fine line. Oh, I'm on vacation. Like, I don't normally get to eat these things, blah, blah, blah. But it's not really a fine line. I I wasn't really thinking about it clearly when I would have made that argument, and I'll tell you why. When I binge, I feel like crap. I do not want to feel like crap. And I've done that before, not just on vacation, but, um, you know, I've gone through the entire Halloween to Valentine's Day season just like, oh, cookies, ice cream, candy, whatever, and feeling like garbage. It is not, if I look back on my, my 37 plus years, more times than not, if I ordered a pizza, I ate the whole thing, even though I was super uncomfortable But it was like, oh, it was here. We ordered pizza last night. If I ate that whole pizza, if I ate half the pizza, I would feel sick and I hate that feeling. I didn't eat half the pizza. No, you left me an extra slice. I left you more than that. Maybe. I had two slices. And and I had the rest for breakfast. Yeah. Um, So I don't like feeling crappy. I don't like feeling awful. That's not relaxing at all. When I'm on vacation... I might indulge more, but the difference is I indulge in a way that I don't make myself feel like garbage, either that day or the day before. And caveat here, feeling like garbage isn't just a physical feeling. It's also a psychological feeling. When I was at my heaviest, I could eat a whole lot 
and not feel physically crappy because I already felt physically crappy all of the time, right? So my baseline for physically crappy wasn't the same as my baseline is now. Because I talk to a lot of people who are like, well, I can eat an entire thing of Oreos and not feel bad. And I'm like, do you mean physically or emotionally? And they're like, physically, like I don't feel stuffed. I don't have a stomach ache. I don't whatever. Now, not only if I did that, would I get a stomach ache? I'd have a headache. I would have all sorts of abdominal discomfort. I would feel crappy the following day. I would be puffy the following day, all of those things. But it's not just about that. You might not have any of those physical sensations of like, oh my God, I went too far. That wasn't worth it. Like, gross. You might feel it psychologically like, oh God. And even if you don't feel it psychologically until a few days later, like, why did I do that? Now I came back from vacation and I feel like I've just created this mountain that I have to overcome. When I think about indulging, I want to think about eating in a way that I still feel good. It doesn't mean I feel as vibrant and energetic as if I had salmon and broccoli, but I don't feel bloated, I don't feel fatigued, I don't feel stuffed, and I don't feel like that disappointment. Also, look at the quality of what you're enjoying oh, yeah. Is it worth versus it? the quantity <laughs> Is it of, worth what it? You're, of what you're having. We talk about the... Um, well, you, I mean, especially in the first couple of years that we were dating. I'll eat, I, I'll eat anything. But how many times when we were first dating did I say, it's not, it's worth, not worth it? it. You'd have like a smidgen of a bite and then, you'll, you know what? It's just it's not, not worth having it. Yeah, it's just not, it's not amazing. And, it's not delicious. And on our vacations, the same thing. Oh, I mean, absolutely. La- the last one we went, we were like, oh, we'll try this restaurant. We tried it and you know what? It's not worth eating the whole thing. Yeah. And, and there was a time in my life where if I went to a buffet, which is what happened. Screw we, it. Like, let's go, <laughs> pile it on. But, but now... It's about being discerning. If I'm going to indulge, I want it to be amazing. I enjoy it. Yeah. I want it to be like, this is so good. This is so worth it. And even then, I want to enjoy it in a way that I still feel good. I've done an episode on like the tipping point or I think in catering, they call it the bliss point. And essentially... There is a point at which you're not savoring it anymore. If you look at your attention, and this is, they do a ton, they spend millions of dollars on this in research on food packaging and serving size. When you get a candy bar, for example, whatever your favorite candy bar is, what is your favorite candy bar, Chris? Yeah. Peanut butter cup? No, that's not a candy bar. Oh, it's not? Peanut butter cup is not a bar. Okay, well, what's your favorite candy bar? I don't know. You're no fun. I don't think I have one. The people are just curious, like, we want it, they want it. Hey. They, they should write in that question, because you know what? I don't see that as the question that's written here. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Reese is outrageous. <laughs> Let's just call that. that out there. Um, it's, a, it's a chocolate candy bar with Reese's Pieces uh, in it, and then there's also peanut butter in the middle, and... Your description's probably making people hungry. Chocolate and peanut butter. But they butter. make, they Boom. do all of this research around, like... The first bite, people think is, oh, my God, this is so good. Like, oh, this is what I wanted. It's amazing. And the second bite, you're still like, All right. this, is, this is good. Like, I really like this. This, is, this was bite. worth it. Uh. Not even that. Like, typically, it's the fifth, sixth, seventh. You're, you're on to the next thing. Like, psychologically, mentally, you're someplace else. You're still eating it. It's not bad. You're not like, oh, all of a sudden, this tastes like rats. No, it's, it's not that at all. I don't know where rats came from. <laughs> that's, you sound like someone that's never had rat cooked right. So. <laughs> um, but where is that diminishing point of, of enjoyment for you? You know, I was thinking about this um, with regards to like tortilla chips in a Mexican restaurant. Like where's the point at which you're just mindlessly putting them in your mouth and continuing to go on? So. Every single time. <laughs> <laughs> but paying attention to that, I think, is, is really important. So I could go on and on about that. But let's on and on. Go on to the next question. The next question. Yeah. 
uh, some of us work on our goals all alone. <laughs> what can we do to keep ourselves accountable? Le- well, let me tell you. Have you tried <laughs> journaling? <laughs> And then going back. I don't even really need Chris here. What I could have is one of those like easy buttons that when I hit it, it just says journaling. And and, and just going back after a month or so and rereading the journals to see if you've kept up with yourself. Um, Okay. First of all, I think a lot of people feel that they're at a disadvantage if they're working on their goals alone or they don't have support. And I just want to say this. I think most of us, to varying degrees, work on our goals alone. I talk to so many people who are like, well, either I'm single or my partner's not supportive or my parents are always pushing me to, you know, uh, do what they do and they don't support me doing my own thing. That is not a rarity. And the reason I say that is because I feel that so many come to me feeling that they're at a disadvantage because of it. And I just want you to know you're not. I have had a ton of goals and I've been at a ton of different life points as I've worked on them in a previous marriage, single, dating, in another marriage, you know, even even before that, you know, before I was in various relationships before I got married the first time. And there's varying degrees of support. Like for some goals, I have Chris's support and involvement, like writing book two, right? You you're you're peripherally aware of of what's going on and all those kinds of things. Are you thinking you didn't pick it up today at Staples? When did you start writing book two? <laughs> no, seriously. It's in my truck. Okay, good. Our truck. Um <laughs> so, truck. but then I have other goals that like he doesn't know about at all. Not that he doesn't Are you keeping things from me? <laughs> not that he doesn't care, but it's just the process of like We've got so many other things going on with the renovation and the pregnancy and the dog and the goats and the chickens and the this and the that. You are not at a disadvantage if you are going at your goals alone. And I just want you to hear that loud and clear. Now, how do we keep ourselves accountable? Chris isn't wrong about journaling. I don't know that accountability is the biggest problem. I think daily attention and focus on action is the biggest problem. If you commit to daily focus and attention on action. And I believe that the easiest way to do that is through journaling because otherwise it's just some like amorphous conversation in your head that doesn't translate into action. But if you do that every day, that is your accountability, right? So start by saying to yourself, what is the goal? The primary goal. I write it down in my journal every single day. When you do that, you will make better progress. And then it's not just this is the goal. This is the goal. This is the goal every day. This is the goal. It's what one thing will I do for this one goal today? And add that to your schedule that you wrote down from the previous If question. you can't do it right away, first thing, then absolutely make sure it's on your calendar. You wouldn't have an incredibly important meeting with your boss and not have it on your calendar. See this, whatever the action step is, whether it takes five minutes, 30 minutes, an hour and a half, You need to have that as a part of your day, not just an intention in your mind. So I say, write down your goal every single day, as well as the action step that you'll take, and then check it off and review every single week. Just like we talked about um, with one of the earlier questions about having trouble sticking to uh, setting goals and sticking to them, all of that applies to this. 
And I mean, while you are doing your work on your own, an accountability partner is not a bad thing. And you can, can find them on the, the internet. They can be doing their own goal. And all yeah. you do is check in on them, see, see that they're making yeah. progress. Yeah. And I think Facebook groups are a way to find these things. The 12 Weeks Transformation Self-Study, because then you've got people working in a similar track. Um, there's masterminds. Find somebody at your gym. Find a stranger on the internet. Like, there's so many ways to, to connect with people in 2020 that it's just not having that supportive person in your physical environment or in your family is not a barrier. You might believe it is, but it's not. Accountability can be found anywhere. Three more questions. That's what I hear. And then a winner. And then a winner. A winner of a special gift pack. A very special gift pack that Elizabeth is going to pick out. (laughs) Go for it. Be afraid. All right. You might get a goat. (laughs) The Amare goat. (laughs) All right. Next question. I'm interested in network marketing, but there are so many choices. What are the top things I should look for? So I actually... Journaling. <laughs> I did a... <laughs> Just kidding. I did a webinar on this um, a couple months ago. If the, if you're in, these, in this position and you have this question, you can email me or DM me on Instagram and ask for the link to that replay. I did a webinar all about the five things that you want to consider. And it probably goes into it for like an hour, which I'm not going to do here. So if you're in this in this situation and you want that... Just DM me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton um, or email me and I'll get it to you. Um, But you want to look at, first of all, the people. You want to make sure that you're part of a community of people that are doing it well. Like we all know people in network marketing who don't do it well. You don't want to be on that team because you cringe when you think of that. So don't join that team, right? Um, The other thing that you want to look at is the technology and the support and training. I know for me, I already have a business that I've built from scratch. I wanted to be part of a system that I could plug people into that has training, that has tools so that we don't have to figure out how to do this on our own. So what is the support and the training and the tools? What does that look like? Obviously, products are a huge part of it. Gotta love the products. You've got to fall in love with them and you've got to really believe in the science behind them because if you're not super excited about them, you're not going to get other people excited. What, no matter what the income potential is, you're not going to talk about it. Right. But on the other hand, if you are so genuinely excited about it, you're going to talk about it whether you're making money or not. You know, just like if you find a nail polish color that you're obsessed with, you're going to talk about it even though they don't pay you for it. But is that what you girls do? I don't know. I'm. <laughs> I own like two colors of nail polish and I bought them both in the last year. Um, so if you're, if you're wondering like, what should I look for in evaluating a network marketing company? I did a long presentation on this. If you message me, I'll get it to you. Cool. Yeah. Next question. Diving a little, little, uh, personal in this next one. Oh, Oh, okay. what did you do to boost your fertility before you got pregnant with baby number two? Brown chicken, brown cow. No, you know, what'd you do? There was a lot of things that I did, but none of them are really targeted towards boosting my fertility specifically. Um, It was really about being as healthy as I could be. And, And as much as I know the hits and the traffic that like hacks to boost your fertility get on the internet. I, that's like a super popular thing to talk about. But what I don't think is talked about enough are the basics of good, solid health. 
right? Having a really solid nutrient foundation where you are giving your body the vitamins and minerals that it needs, where you are creating hormone balance because you're not uh, overindulging, you're not eating too much sugar, you're not um, experiencing too much stress, all of those kinds of things. Um, that you're moving your body, that you're getting plenty of exercise. I was walking, you know, four miles a day and going to CrossFit, you know, four times a week. And I think all of those things, they're not like the super fertility hacks. Like I, I took these supplements. It really wasn't like that. I did take supplements, but they were aimed at improving my overall health. So they were very much like um, lowering cortisol because I knew that was high and doing things like seed cycling, which is nothing more than, you know, two seeds that you cycle and two other seeds at different times of the month. You can Google seed cycling. You'll find an image. It's very, very simple. But the whole like boosting your fertility thing, I, I, I'm sure there are some hacks that work better than others, but I think the biggest thing is be as healthy as you can possibly be. There wasn't anything... Um, that like was really like a this will boost your fertility kind of deal. Two cups of fresh lawn clippings and a, <laughs> and a rotten apple. No, am I am I forgetting something? Because I really no, it was. I mean, there was lawn. It, no, it was the lawn clippings. No, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was seed, no, I seed cycling like, was the big thing. I mean, some of them, but you, that wasn't you, for you, fertility. You had some all natural uh, powders that you were using. I know maca. maca. Yeah, but all of those were geared towards my stress response. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, stress response is a big thing when it comes to it, getting It is, but, but my guess my point is it's really about being as healthy as you can possibly be. So if you have estrogen Mentally dominance, yeah, if you have estrogen dominance, then it's going to be strategies about balancing estrogen. If you have high cortisol like I did, then it's going to be strategies about lowering cortisol. But really it was just like, how can I be as, as stress-free during an extraordinarily stressful time? Um, how can I be as healthy as I can possibly be? And, that, and that's that's really that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and who knows, like what, if that changes in future pregnancies, we'll, we'll totally let you know. We're not trying to hide anything, but, um, that just, I think that it's really about just being as healthy as you can possibly be. Word. Yeah. Right on. Final question. Okay. Also a bit personal. Okay. Do you have a birth plan? Are you, go are you doing anything differently pre prenatally? Are there any great baby products you like? So let's start with the last one. Are there any great baby products you like? I, I don't know. I really like uh, an F-350. It's a great baby <laughs> product. Can pull many babies. If you're looking at buying something for me, I'd appreciate it. Oh, he's referring to a truck for those of you that are like, what an F-350? F-350. It's a Ford. Um, okay. Baby products. Hmm. I, I, the, the last one, any great baby products, the answer is I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, we had Dagny for 14 days. So, yeah. like, we, you know, we just. I mean, the swaddle we had was pretty great. But again, we had her for 14 days. You know, yeah. we had the Ollie swaddle, which is, you know, how we wrapped her up for sleeping. Um, and it kept her snug and comfortable and she slept well. But, like, I can't even mentally go there because. Yeah. We had 14 days, yeah. yeah, 14 days, and and um, so I don't know. Um, am I doing anything different prenatally? You're getting more sleep. I am getting more sleep. I, I, in part, it might be because I just recall how profoundly exhausted I was in those 14 days with Dagny, in part because of C-section recovery, in part because she was a newborn, um, in part because nursing was kind of a challenge. Yeah. Um, and I just, 
like if I could have gotten even three minutes of sleep, it would have felt like the biggest gift in the world. And so having had that experience um, and also knowing how difficult sleep was for me in the third trimester with Dagny, I am absolutely prioritizing sleep, which means I'm getting up later in the morning than I was when I was pregnant with Dagny and I'm going to bed earlier. That's normalized a little bit in terms of when it, since I started my thyroid medication, I'm not going to bed as early, Yeah, no. but I'm still sleeping. You're definitely sleeping more either way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, do I have a birth plan? Get um, to the hospital, have a baby. Be healthy, have baby, be healthy. Yeah. Like I, I talked about this on a previous episode. I would love to have a VBAC. Um, Push that sucker out. Dagny was delivered via C-section and I would love to have a vaginal birth. Not because I think there's anything better about vaginal birth versus C-section. The reason that I would like to have a vaginal birth is because I would love to have many more pregnancies and you can't have an unlimited number of C-sections. Like it's just hard on your uterus and it's generally harder on your uterus than a vaginal birth. So I would love to be able to have a VBAC. However, I know that that is not a sure thing for a number of reasons. I've never had a vaginal birth before. Uh, It has been less than 18 months um, since my previous C-section. So that's a factor. My age is a factor. There's a ton of different factors. The birth plan is if we can have a vaginal birth, wonderful. Really though, once labor starts, there's not a whole lot that I can do to control that aside from if I can stay upright more than laying down, that'll be really helpful. But that's not even entirely in my control based on which way to am, go with it? Which, you know, am I hooked up to IVs and different things yeah. like that? And what's going on at that point in the pregnancy? But there are some things that I can do now to help with that, like trying not to gain that much weight during the pregnancy is a factor. And I say that not because weight gain during pregnancy is bad, but because I already came into this pregnancy overweight from not having lost the pregnancy weight with Dagny. Um, and my thyroid issue contributed to that as well. So, Trying to minimize weight gain in this pregnancy is one of them. Staying active is another one. Um, And then just doing some like stretching, uh, stretching to make sure my hip flexors are as loose as they can be being pregnant and that sort of thing. Um, But otherwise, honestly, you know, tell me if you disagree, Chris, the birth plan is mom healthy, baby healthy. Get to the hospital, have the baby. Yeah, and just like the only thing that matters to me, if I have to have a C-section hanging from the ceiling, if it means that baby is safe and healthy and I'm safe and healthy, let's go. I mean, honestly, that sounds like the least healthy way to have a baby. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever it takes. Yeah, Yeah, so that's that. We have a winner. We do have a winner. And I am excited to let everyone know that it is at Amy Lou. No! You don't need to shout because these people have earbuds I think that was way too many O's as well. And I also think it was way too loud. Amy Lou No. <laughs> Amy Lou New, maybe? At A M Y L O U N O O. You are our winner. Congratulations. And it's a special holiday Amore gift box yes. of my choosing. Yep. And maybe because Chris just yelled in your ears, I'll take his Apple Cinnamon Energy Plus. Yeah, I can take my Apple Cinnamon no. Energy Plus. No. <laughs> no. Anyway. We do have.
have some homegrown fertilizer, though, and we might package that up for you. <laughs> Our goats are pumping it out. You guys are so glad that I decide the gifts and not Christopher. You're yeah. welcome. Chicken eggs may or may not make it to you. Yeah, well, it would be still be chicken eggs. It would just be the state that they're in like, yeah. when they when they get to it. All right. Anyway, thank you guys for spending time with us. We will chat with you. What? Before we go, Amy. Just make sure you email me that oh, you're yeah. the winner. That's and right. no matter where you live in the world. Christopher at primalpotential.com. You've got 60 days, Amy. I mm-hmm. will I will mail it to you. And if you're on the ISS, you're getting it. Don't matter. What's, they got mailing addresses. What's the ISS? International Space Station. Oh, okay. I didn't I know mean, they... I'm, I'm sure astronauts listen to you. You, you know? Because you're out of this world. <laughs> we got to go, y'all. <laughs> This is why we don't record at night. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's not so much the time. It's the cough syrup. (laughs) What? (laughs) Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money.